0: you deserve to pursue your interests and your curiosities i think everyone should cultivate curiosity and if living in a van or living on the road or you know changing your lifestyle is something that you want to do let yourself try it and if it doesn't work go back to what you were doing before
1: the life in motion podcast is brought to you by actual outdoors they help build beautiful brands that highlight the approachable and authentic parts of outdoor recreation said simply they keep it real learn more at actualoutdoors.com. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up and welcome to episode 108 of Life in Motion. I've got Holly Priestley with me, who is a solar van lifer, host of the Deliberate Living Podcast, and dare I say, Adventure Coach, amongst other things. I'm excited to hear her story and what experiences she's had along the way. Holly, thanks for being on the show today.
0: Thanks, Jeremy. Happy to be here. Thanks for the intro. That makes me sound real cool.
1: (laughs) Hey, hey, you know what? Checking out your stuff online and everything. And um, as I mentioned, Christine Reed mentioned, dropped your name. uh, So, you know, you're in good company and got a lot to live up to.
0: (laughs) No kidding. Christine is amazing. And I love her. I'm so glad she's a part of my life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so before we get into all of the, the things that I mentioned in the intro, uh, let's start at the very beginning. You know who you are, where you're from, uh, hobbies you had growing up, kind of what led you down this path?
0: Oh, man. Um, Well, the short version, I guess, would be that I moved around a bit as a kid. Um, We moved all over the country until we landed in northern New Mexico, where I spent most of my childhood. And we spent a lot of time in the outdoors, going camping, hiking, backpacking, road trips, uh, you know, anything outside that we could do, basically. Um, And then... After college, I moved up to the Denver area and spent about seven years bopping around there trying to like make life work the way that I was told that it should work, you know, working for other people and trying to, you know, buy a house and do all the things. And, and then I just found that I was absolutely miserable and for a while, I thought that there was something wrong with me, like it was my fault I was miserable and I just wasn't doing a good enough job, I wasn't doing well enough, I needed to be working harder or, you know, whatever, and then uh, and then I decided that um, I should just move into a van instead,
1: <laughs>
0: which... Uh, <laughs> Which wasn't as for the moment as it sounds. Um, it had been something that I had been wanting to do for a long time. And then just like regular, quote unquote, normal life got in the way. Um, but then eventually I was like, you have you have to do this or, or don't do it, but stop talking about doing it if you're not going to do it. Yeah. Um, so then in 2018, I decided my New Year's resolution for 2018 was like, get the van or don't, um, like either shit or get off the pot and so I started test driving vans in January and I ended up with the van that I have still have now um, in August and then I spent the rest of the year tearing it apart and putting it back together so that I could move into it on January 1st of 2019 and headed down to Arizona to um, the rubber tramp rendezvous a big van life road life meetup and uh, didn't didn't really look back after that. (laughs) (laughs) living in the van really suited me which was kind of a a welcome surprise it suited me so much more than any of the other styles of living that I had tried
1: so so to that point so you know growing up kind of being in the outdoors um moving up to Denver all that stuff what and you you'd mentioned you'd been thinking about the whole van life thing for a while before you you finally uh got off the pot uh, or no got you know what I'm trying to say um and uh (laughs) I guess what was it about it, you know, when you first started thinking about it that kind of attracted you to that lifestyle in the first place? Uh,
0: So I was introduced to um, on purpose vehicle living in 2011. I had gone to a rock climbing competition and I met someone who had been living out of his um, Corolla, I think, for like 10 years with a dog. In his Corolla
1: for 10 years?
0: Yeah, in his Corolla with a (laughs) husky. With a husky in a Corolla. That takes
1: up the whole back seat.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. And so that was the first time I was introduced to somebody who was like living in a vehicle on purpose. Um, You know, I was raised with the messaging that like that was bad and nobody wants to live in a car. And, um, you know, if you do that, you're, you're down on your luck or whatever. And then I met this guy who was like absolutely thriving, very happy, super healthy, you know, a little weird but like, who's not a little weird. <laughs> um, but he was like doing it with his dog. And so I, I asked him so many questions about the logistics of it. Like, what do you eat? Where do you sleep? How do you afford it? You know, all the basic questions that anybody who has ever lived an alternative lifestyle gets from everyone. Um, and it sounded like a really good option. He only had to work like four to six months out of the year, and then he could just travel and climb and have adventures the rest of the year. And I was like, well, that I, ha- I was just graduating college at the time. And so to me, that was just a-, a lifestyle that I hadn't even considered. It wasn't like there was no representation of that lifestyle in my life up to that point. Um, so that's kind of where it started. So then it took, you know, the next seven years for me to like, oh, I'm going to do this thing. And then I'd get really close. I'd do a bunch of research. I'd test drive cars. I'd start getting rid of my stuff. And then like right before I had to make like the final commitment like i'm doing this like something in life would make it um quote unquote inconvenient to live in a vehicle and so i would you know back away slowly and be like well i'll do i'll do it later i'll do it later um and then i was like i i want to be the kind of person who like does the things she says she's gonna do so i either need to do this thing or stop saying i'm going to do this thing yeah (laughs) um and it, it was hard, but it was 100% the right thing for me. I wouldn't recommend it for everybody. You know, it's not always hashtag van life, hashtag blessed. Um, it's <laughs> pretty challenging. But um, yeah, it, for the people it works for, it really, really works.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And, and, and kind of to your point, <coughs> excuse me, in the beginning with the... Uh i guess almost the stigma associated with it with you know the guy the husky and the corolla and all that stuff like he's living his best life you know um i guess hashtag uh but <laughs> you know so it, it that's it's funny kind of how that perspective changed and that's kind of all you know about the perspective of it so i i guess you know interesting so you you know you 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 throughout that time you got so close to doing it and then you're uh no maybe not and that kind of happened a couple different times was it i guess what was the was there like one like big fear that like you had out of it like was it like an uncertainty or was it like what 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 was it that finally that that was holding you back and then you finally like let go. You're like, okay, you know what? This is going to be fine.
0: Um, that's a really good question. Um, I think that most of the times that I backed away from it, um, I was afraid of judgment, but yeah. I wouldn't have said that at the time. Right At the time, I would have been like, well, I just got this new job and I can't live in a car and have this new job. Or I just started dating someone. I can't live in a car and still be, you know, like, what are they going to think? And so in the moment between 2011 and 2018, um, my excuses would have been something surface level reasonable. But I think the ultimate, like the deeper fear was um, judgment and maybe failure, but mostly judgment, (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah that I mean that that makes total sense kind of back to what I was just saying as well and then you know obviously you you probably uh felt pretty pretty free once you kind of put that behind you um yes (laughs) so so once once you actually put everything into motion after thinking about it for so long what what were some of those like I guess those first like couple trips like you know where did you have a road map did you have a general location that you want to go like what what was kind of the process like okay now I have this this van it's all you know decked out how I want it to live in and everything like that what was like the the thought process of like okay where where am I gonna go what am I gonna do or was it just a like, completely open road
0: <laughs> uh it evolved I lived in my van for <laughs> just over three years full-time and the first year in the van, I would go on trips uh, away from Denver, but then I always ended up back in Denver. I had work and appointments and friends, and I I had reasons that I had to come back to the city. And so kind of what I did that first year was like, maybe like flower petals, like I'd leave and I'd come back and then I'd go somewhere else and I'd come back and then I'd go somewhere else and I'd come back. Um... I did notice in that first year that every time I went somewhere, I'd have this idea like, oh, I'm just going to go down to Arizona for two to three weeks and then I'll come back. And I was down there for like six to eight weeks. And then I came back. Uh, And then the next time I went somewhere, oh, I'm just going to go for a couple of days. And then I go for a couple of weeks. Um, (laughs) So I always ended up extending my trips longer than I thought I would. And in the fall of that first year, the last maybe four to four or five months of the year, um, I left on a big Pacific Northwest trip. And just like toured, uh, you know, from Wyoming to Montana, Idaho, Washington, Oregon, the whole area. And that was a really big um, just time away, uh, time on my own, time to explore the road and do a lot of driving. The first year was definitely a tour, a tour year. I'm going to go everywhere. I have all this freedom. Gas wasn't $6 a gallon.
1: So yeah. it was fine.
0: <laughs> Um, and then the next two years, I gradually got slower and slower and slower because I found that my my lifestyle changed a little bit. I wanted to move a little slower, um, partially for gas prices, but mostly just for my own mental health. And I, I found, you know, after I had kind of gotten all of the touring, all of the driving out of my system, I was like, all right, what do I actually like? Where do I actually want to be? Um, and so I would, uh, you know, make decisions based on the weather or based on certain events or people that I wanted to see. Um, My second year in the van, I had a relationship. He also had a van. And so we kind of, you know, toured together, followed him around. He had a seasonal job. So I kind of stuck close to where he was working so we could still hang out. Um, And yeah, the longer I was in the van, the less driving I wanted to do. The more, you know, finding a good place on a public piece of land... I just wanted to like really max out those 14-day stay limits. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the process just completely shifted just because I was in it longer and my priorities were shifting.
1: Yeah. But th- th- kind of to that point though, you know, you you know your your own personal lifestyle changed and kind of adapted to that, but that's also sort of one of the it seems to me one of the one of the advantages as well with you know, being in a van, you know, if you if you go somewhere, like oh man, I love this place. You know, you can say way way longer than you thought or if you go somewhere like "Eh, this isn't exactly what i thought it was then you just go to the next place and then maybe that's the place to stay for two weeks so it's probably really nice to kind of have that you know there's no uh location handcuffs in that sense for for the most part.
0: Right, exactly. I didn't have to like book an Airbnb for 6 weeks and then <laughs> you know get there in 2 days and you're like, "Oh, this is terrible. I want to leave, yeah. but I already paid." Um and I mean there's limitations, right? Like I only really stayed on public land and in some states and some parts of the country there's a lot more public land than others and you know the abilities of your vehicle to get you, you know, way back in the sticks or, you know, cities having rules about where you can park and for how long. Like there's There's other parameters you have to keep in mind. But um, yeah, I definitely had ideas of, oh, all the vanners like this place. Everybody likes visiting here, living here. Um, I'm going to go there and I'm going to love it. And then I would get there and I'd be like, oh, this, I don't, this doesn't vibe with me. I don't know. I'm leaving.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. I had a, so my, uh, my best friend, um, growing up and, uh, his wife a couple of years ago, they, they kind of did a similar thing. He, he had a, luckily enough to have a, a remote job and all that stuff. And they built out a van and I, I think they were gone for about eight months, I think. Um, but I mean, you know, that was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, they I mean, they, they totally enjoyed it an experience that I know they don't regret. So um, and then especially, you know, all that you saw within those those three years or more or whatnot. So um, so so where I, I would imagine, I guess, maybe to transition a little bit more into um, your 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 podcast and stuff where some of those, I guess, where did that idea come from? And does that sort of tie into your experiences um, with with fan life and everything like that?
0: Yeah. Um, Absolutely. The podcast is a direct result of living in the van. I started it at the very beginning of my second year living in the van. And it was basically the response to what I saw as the problem of representation. Um, As I said before, I didn't know until I was 20 20 or 21 that people could on purpose live in vehicles. (laughs) And I didn't like that. And then after having lived in my van for a year, I saw so many other ways that people could be living life other than, you know, the one way it had been demonstrated to me. Um, You know, whether that was in a van or not, it could have been a sailboat, it could have been a backpack, it could have been, you know, there's just, there's a million ways people can live life, but we don't always know about it. And so uh, my show, Deliberate Living, was all about showing all the ways people can live deliberately alternative lifestyles. Um, And I just wanted there to be more access to stories, more options for people to see. And even if, you know, they don't resonate with you, at least, you know, they exist because maybe something will resonate with you. Um, And, you know, I think that the societal quote unquote norms um, work for some people. Some people really do enjoy like working for somebody else, going to an office Monday through Friday, eight to five, salaried, benefited, cubicle, coming home to their like one other opposite sex partner and their picket fence and their golden retriever and their 2.3 kids. Some people really, really like that. But I don't think that everybody should be striving for that because it doesn't work for everybody. But if you don't know yeah. that there's other options, you don't know that there's other options. So that's kind of where the podcast came from was just trying to share stories and how to's and, you know, a lot of resources around how to, you know, live a life that actually works for you
1: yeah and that that makes sense and i like like the idea behind it as far as like uh, you know almost exposing people to that and, and honestly even if somebody is like oh yeah i know people do that but i can never do that because mm-hmm. it's too intimidating or or whatever they might be afraid of you know leaving their apartment or, or whatever that might be but you know they hear somebody else's story um or or, or whatnot and then they're like wait a minute i mean yeah, it's going to be a challenge, but it seems like this person got through it pretty easily. Those are some steps that I can start taking. And and to your point, it might inspire them to actually start making those those moves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the whole podcast thing, too. I I saw some people out in the world making podcasts and I was like, you're making a podcast. Fuck, if you're making a podcast, <laughs> I can make a podcast. God damn.
1: <laughs> exactly. So that's also yeah.
0: like yeah I want people to look at you know my story and be like oh well like very cliche if I can do it you can do it if she can do it I can do it um but also yeah like if you don't know then how are you going to even try
1: Yeah yeah e- exactly and you know to kind of get out of that 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 mindset and kind of open open your eyes to a different perspective and <laughs> and even further to that point you know even if somebody is listening to it and you know that the the nine to five cubicle all that stuff life lifestyle is 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 a good fit for that particular person listening they could still be interested in the stories on the podcast and it could still affect them in their life some other way whether you know it might not be as extreme as selling everything and jumping in a van but it might open them up to other things as well which i think is is probably a benefit um at least just kind of spitball in there so that's awesome definitely um so so with that you know you started the podcast year two while Mm -hmm. you're still living in a van there Mm -hmm. does you know probably a lot of the places that you were at for the most part are kind of remote no cell service no internet that kind of i would assume And there's also the equipment and that kind of stuff so mm. what I guess, what was that like, like, okay, I, I have this idea, but I also do live in a van with, you know, different limitations in a house as far as the technology goes. What what were some of the kind of the hurdles there that you kind of had to work around um to kind of make that happen, especially, you know, if you're having guests on and whatnot?
0: Oh, good question. Logistical questions are always good questions. <laughs> <laughs> um. I started my podcast so simply, and I still produce it so simply. Um, I just did and still do everything via Zoom if it's remote. If I'm co-located with a guest, then we record directly onto my editing program. I use Final Cut Pro because I create my podcast in both audio and video format. Um, And so I just needed to make sure that I was in a space where I had good service. And the benefit of having started the podcast in my second year living in the van is that I had already started to figure out my uh, Wi-Fi situation. The first eight months or so that I was in the van, um, I just had my basic cell phone plan, which they say is unlimited, but like that's not actually what that word (laughs) means in cell phone plans. And I had like regular client work I had to do. So I was doing a lot of like uploading and downloading and meetings and all these things. So I would run through my phone plan in, you know, like three hours. So I was very tied to towns, to coffee shops and libraries and breweries and things like that. Um, And so that was very frustrating for me and very limiting. So within eight or nine months of being on the road, I upgraded my uh, service system. I now have a hotspot. Um, That is through Verizon. I'm not the one on the plan. It's an original like grandfathered in literally unlimited plan. So I can do as much uploading, downloading, streaming, recording, work, etc. as I need to do as long as I have Verizon service. So that was one of the biggest things that made it possible for me to record, edit, upload, schedule, do everything that a podcast requires is that I actually had unlimited data. If I didn't, I would have continued to rely on coffee shops and libraries and breweries. But then my second year living in the van is when the pandemic started. So all of that shit shut down and I wouldn't have had access to it anyway. So it would have been nearly impossible if not fully impossible for me to continue doing it. So that was definitely like the biggest hurdle was having service. Um, And having enough data and when I solved for those problems um, with the hotspot with the unlimited plan and then I also got a signal booster for my van, so that um, I can be in more remote places and still have better service Um, and that would allow me to stay out in the wilderness longer and be out farther and farther away from people which is my preference. and then, and then after I solved for those problems, I had to get external hard drives because, you know, all these files take up a lot of space and, um, and all of that. And so each piece was, it was like a one piece at a time. Like as soon as I solve for service, then I need to solve for space. Then I need to solve for, you know, I want to make this a better quality. And then I want to change this thing. So it's just one piece at a time for me. Um, and that's, that's something that i that got me into the podcasting in the first place because it was very much like, well, if somebody, if this person can do it, then I can do it and I'm just going to do it, you know, really, really basic. I don't, I didn't get a microphone until very recently. I didn't have any special software. When I first started, I wasn't even using Final Cut Pro. I was using iMovie because that was the platform that came with my computer. Like I just kept it so simple and so cheap and so just like, I'm just going to see what I have like do what you can with what you have and when you can do better do better
1: <laughs> yeah that's awesome first of all I'm like imagining by the end of um you know as you started you know, get the hard drive and all these uh, first of all I don't know why they don't just all the hot spots and phones just don't come automatically boosted or whatever um mm-hmm. that'd be convenient but anyways um but by the end of it, it's it's like a stakeout like spy van and it, when you open the doors <laughs> there's all this technology I know it probably was not that extreme but the that's just what I was picturing. So I wanted to share that. Um, yeah, I mean, but,
0: it kind of is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, it's it's cool that, you know, when you when, when you first got the idea for it and started doing it, you weren't like, oh, well, I need the perfect this, this, this and this. You just kind of made it work with what you have, which is very similar to how we started this podcast. I think the first two episodes I had. I downloaded some app from my some phone recording app so I could literally have a phone conversation with somebody and it recorded the conversation and then slowly it was like, Oh, why don't I try zoom that can record and like kind of, you know, you upgrade, Oh, maybe it's time to get a mic those kinds of things. So it's it's cool to kind of that we've had those, uh, the similar uh, beginnings from the podcasting experience. Yeah, I think um, we've been
0: podcasting about the same amount of time we're on similar episode numbers. Oh,
1: awesome! I, uh, it, yeah. So, so you're over a hundred then, maybe?
0: Yeah, I'm around like 113. I think is my next one. Okay,
1: awesome. Yeah, yeah that was uh, that that was a big milestone. Once you hit that that hundred, like, wow, I've been talked to a lot of people and been doing this for a while. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, actually, I guess sort of to that point, with so many different episodes, um. Is there is there somebody that like stands out to you that you've spoken with that, you know, you maybe were just completely taken taken by a surprise or just got really good feedback from or, or kind of any any examples like that? Um.
0: Oh, man. I can't just pick one person. <laughs> like Everybody I talk to has been really interesting to talk to. Even the people that, you know, sometimes I've interviewed complete strangers and like those conversations are so much fun because I'm learning about them as my audience is learning about them. And sometimes yeah. I interview people that I've known for years um, and still in our conversations, like I'll learn, like, I didn't know that about you. I didn't know you went through that or <laughs> felt that way or did that thing. Um And so it's just a really fun way to like dive deep even with people that you already know, but especially with people that you don't. Um, And one of the best pieces of advice that I got when I first started my podcast was um, just ask whatever questions you're curious about. Because if you're curious about it, the chances of your audience being curious about it too are like pretty high. Like, don't worry about keeping it, uh, you know, very formulaic or, you know, whatever. Just like have the tangents and have fun with it. Um, And when I first started the show, I did have like a a list of questions that I kind of wanted to get through, based on what the goals of the show were. And I still try and use that flow-ish these days, but I have a lot more like fluidity in terms of what questions I'm gonna ask and and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I can't think of just like one, it's it's very much if you give a mouse a cookie, like, oh, this person was really interesting because they talked about that thing. <laughs> and oh, this other person talked about that thing and that was really cool. Um, so,
1: so basically what you're saying is and, yeah everybody needs oh, to subscribe yeah, and listen to all 113 or so episodes and they can pick their favorite
0: every every single one
1: <laughs>
0: i don't <laughs> hey you know, know next time you're on the road trip yeah i mean there's so much there's it's longer than any audiobook.
1: <laughs> yeah exactly um and, it, and yeah to your point too i the you know the majority of our guests you and i are strangers right now um but to it, that's kind of the most f- fun for me, and, and about asking the questions. Do I have a list of questions if I need the questions? But usually, the conversation just kind of directs what I'm curious about, you know. Um, once it kind of gets rolling, mm-hmm. so I can't tell you how many times I haven't looked at the questions I've prepared as just, but I just have them as a backup. But yeah, it's it's really fun, kind of having that that free flowing conversation, um, you know, see see what you uncover along the way. Um, so so the podcast and then also uh, you you have that and then also the, the you have sort of a, a coaching aspect. Am I right?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. I've so been what's, offering what's coaching for years. OK, so um, what's that all about? <laughs> That's a good question. When I first started <laughs> offering my coaching, it was specifically um marketing-ish coaching for small businesses Um, and just like general small business coaching for entrepreneurs and people who are just getting started um, doing freelance and that sort of thing. Um, And these days I offer more of a holistic, deliberate living style coaching. And so that can be, hey, I'm moving into a van. What do I need in my layout? How much water did you have? What do you recommend for this? Um, And there's no one right answer for like, Best van layout ever for everyone. Like everybody's <laughs> needs are different. Like how tall you are matters. Whether you have pets matters. Is it just you or is it you and a partner or you and a partner and kids? Um, and so like I really enjoy getting into people's like personal lives and their goals and their values um, and then making that work with their budgets, their location, their um whatever limitations they have in terms of like time, et cetera, and figuring out what kind of lifestyle is best going to suit them. Um, Whether it's, you know, we're focusing specifically on business and how to make your business more deliberate and how to make it uh, flow into your life better, or whether we're looking at your relationships or your living situation, you know, van, house, whatever. Um, And it's just very, everybody's needs are so different. And I really think that the world would be a much better place if we all kind of prioritized our own needs and our own desires a little more than we do. We've just been raised to kind of feed into this capitalistic society, which I mean, you know, the recent goings on in the world is just a dumpster fire. But um, I think that we can... (laughs) We can temper the dumpster fire a little bit if we all just lived a little bit more deliberately and less reactionarily or like less by habit and less by um, by the media and by society's standards. So that's mostly what my coaching focuses on.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. That 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 makes sense. And I uh, definitely agree with with all of that. So. uh and you, you do bring up a good point as far as, you know, when you're you're meeting with people kind of specifically for the van part of it. There are, you know, someone might think, oh, it's a van. There's not much I can do with it. But to your point, the different lifestyles where you're at in your life, who's with you, all those different things. I mean, the layout can be completely different, even the height of the person. I didn't really think about that till you mentioned it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so, so once you kind of figure that out and you say, okay, you know, This will probably be the best setup or whatnot for you. Is the next step to that like, hey, I know somebody that can build this for you, or like, what what does that kind of what does that next step look like?
0: Um, from a coaching standpoint,
1: yeah, like you know, if if you're you know, it seemed to me like you know, you're talking to them about you know the different needs that you need Mm -hmm. when when you're setting it up and when you're on the road and all that good stuff. Um, but you know, if they're just starting off from scratch and they just have an empty shell of a van, um, it does it. You know, is it kind of like, hey, you know, this is how you should build it out. Here's somebody that can do it for you. Or is it more like just the 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 general idea of, hey, you need to think about this, this and this.
0: Um. So depending on where you are in the process, I might be talking to you before you even have an empty shell of a van. Because your empty shell of a van is going to differ from my empty shell of a van. Um, Even the type of van you get or or not van. Maybe it's a truck. Maybe it's a camper. Maybe it's a Corolla. Who knows? Um, Not sponsored by Corolla, but maybe should be. (laughs)
1: Um, (laughs) Toyota, if you're listening.
0: If you're listening, send me that money, please. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: (laughs) I think that... So much of it um, will come down to your unique needs, and I would not necessarily recommend that you go find somebody, buy it to build out your own van. I did mine on my own. I have a ton of friends who have done theirs on their own. Um, I also have a ton of friends who have bought them pre-built. I have a ton of friends who have gone to builders and had them custom built. Um, and so even that is part of the conversation of what is going to work best for you and your life and your budget and your timeline and all of your needs. Um... I have a couple of builders that I know who do very good work, but I don't partner with any specifically. I don't have any like affiliate relationships with any van builders. I think it's just too personal a decision, but I can definitely yeah. like, help you know what questions to ask and help you know what things to look out for because, especially with the growing popularity of van life and living on the road, you know, builders are popping up left, right, and center, and sometimes it's people who know exactly what they're doing they have experience doing electrical and plumbing and carpentry like building a van is is so many different skill sets coming into one um and sometimes it's just you know somebody built a van once and it was fun and maybe now they're gonna do it as a business and like make money from it and i'm not knocking those people at all i think that's fine um but yeah my goal is more to help my clients figure out which route they should go should they do it themselves do they have to do it themselves budgetarily speaking um and what questions to ask and what things to look out for when it comes to maybe hiring out some or all of the build
1: yeah yeah no yeah that 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 makes sense because um, there are definitely some intr- intricacies if i can say that word um to to building that especially when you're confined to such a small small space mm. um so this is going to be similar to the question i asked you about your podcast but um so so you'll you'll probably dodge it again but that's fine um <laughs> <laughs> for the for the different people that you that you've worked with, I mean, in general, or maybe there's a specific case, but have you had you know you worked with somebody and then a year later, like, hey, Holly, I did this, this, and this, and like, I'm so happy I like spoke with you and you kind of helped push me over that that edge per se, um, and I guess more more or less like that that impact feedback.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, I'm not going to dodge this question. You <laughs> called me out on it. <laughs> 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 um uh maybe a year ago, probably over a year ago, I had a woman named Kimberly reach out to me. Shout out to Kimberly if she's listening. She's a wonderful human being. Um, but she reached out to me and she was at the very, very, very beginning of her van journey. And she um was also a single lady with a dog. And um, we had some other mutual interests in terms of um like work and lifestyle and that sort of thing. And so she was uh, getting her band v- van built out. She had started communication with a builder in her area. And they were asking her all these questions about, you know, how much water should we make space for? And do you need this, that, or the other thing? How do you want your table to be yada, yada, yada? And so she didn't know how to figure out the answers to those questions. So she reached, that's why she initially reached out to me. And in our first, you know, mini thirty minute call, we got through, so many of the questions that she had about like the logistics of a van, like how much water and does she need this much solar? And should she have this particular, you know, kind of build or does she need, you know, all the detail questions. And so for the first few weeks that we met up, we met up once a week for months. And the first few weeks, it was all van logistics and build logistics and how to and very like concrete Questions And then as our relationship grew and as the coaching evolved and as her needs changed, we got more into like the mindset and the perspective change that was going through and helping her downsize and get rid of some things. And what's the best way to do that? And how do you feel about this? Um, and how much do these things cost? And then also like the mindset and the psychology around money in and of itself or things or having fewer things or travel, or whatever. Um, And Kimberly had very specific goals. She was going to be in her van for a year, and then she was going to be um, expatriating to another country. And so over the months that we worked together, we went through the very nuts and bolts of building a van. And we got more into the psychology and the mindset. And, you know, every call would be like a couple of logistical questions and a couple of emotional questions. And, you know, then We got to talk about, like, relationships and animals and, you know, all of these things. And so it started off as a very small, like, I need specific answers for these specific things. And then it got very uh, much more, like, heady and much more, like, high level And, and also at the same time, like, deeper into, like, the psychology of living in a van, like if you move into a van because you think hashtag van life, hashtag blessed, like my life is going to be amazing and I'm only going to wake up in beautiful places forever and everything's going to be easy and wonderful and I'm going to save all this money, like you are wrong. What's going to happen <laughs> is that whatever issues you have in a house, whatever issues you have in whatever lifestyle you're living now, if you move into a van, you are just going to have those same issues in a smaller space. <laughs>
1: That's a good a point. Smaller
0: space, a smaller space that can move, right? Like a lot of vanners will drive out their emotions we will try and outrun our emotions if we're having them um you know like i've known people to drive like 3000 miles across the country because of a breakup or something. And it's like, yeah, the feelings are still going to be there when you land. Like they're going to they can travel way faster than you can <laughs> They've waiting for you. Um, And so like a lot of deciding to live an alternative lifestyle in any way, whether you're moving or not, is that you're you are still with you and you need to be comfortable with you and, you know, be in love with yourself and, you know, being in love with yourself is like soft love and tough love. It's not always like letting yourself eat ice cream for dinner, but sometimes it is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that that makes it. Well, it's cool to hear kind of um, those or that example of that relationship, you know, especially on on a personal level um, with with her in in particular, you know, because those are also all great points, you know, the the different uh, kind of mental struggle sounds a little too harsh but that's the only word that's coming to my head right now but kind of <laughs> that that change of perspective like okay this is really what it is going to be like am I good now also a good great point about selling different possessions you know if you're the type of person that likes to hold on to everything a little too much like i might be sometimes um <laughs> you know i could see how that those could be a, sh- a a struggle especially if it's something you really don't need and has no sentimental value but in your head it is you know i could see those as definitely different hurdles that you know you're one i mean i, I would and i i could just be making up things at this point but you know you also might be in a, in a situation where maybe your family and friends think you are kind of crazy for this idea and they're like supportive, but not really supportive. And so they're not going to give you that the good, real, honest feedback and talking through those different situations, um, you know, like you would, you know, living it, knowing the lifestyle, doing all that stuff yourself. So that's probably a huge benefit to to help help the people, you know, that they know they really want to do it. But whatever that one roadblock is, you know, tear that thing down so we can get on the road. Um so that's that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, and like your your family and friends have an idea of who you are and they have a stake in who you are. Right. They believe they do. They don't yeah. actually. But they believe that like especially family and occasionally some well-meaning, hopefully friends think that they know what's best for you. They know who you are. They know what you need. They know what you want and blah, blah, blah. And maybe they're not going to be so supportive. So like some people don't tell their family and friends that they're moving into a van until they're in the van because they don't want to hear the no from them. They don't want to hear the critical negative feedback. And if you come and you work with with a coach who knows the lifestyle, um, but doesn't necessarily know you, like I don't have any stake in whether you do this or not. I'm here to support you in whatever way I can do that. Um, and so sometimes you need the support that says, yes, do this thing. And sometimes you need the support that says, maybe think about it first. Um, but I don't have any weight or any bearing on, you know, how you feel about yourself in the same way that your family does, um, whether you we like it or not. <laughs> like we, there's always gonna be people in our lives who we care what they think of us and that's very inconvenient sometimes
1: yes yes uh that that also makes total total sense with that but and you know kind of be able to get you know put put some of those worries behind you and and kind of as you mentioned uh earlier about you know kind of being a little more uh uh, selfish should i say uh you know about your own Mm. own personal life you know who you are and all that stuff When I'm kind of a believer that being selfish isn't a bad thing, because if if you can figure out how to make yourself happy in your situation, and maybe it's a change of scenery in this case, or whatever it might be, ultimately, you, you should that that should help your the relationships around you because you're happier, you're in a better place, family, friends, kids, all that good stuff, you know, that should have a a ripple effect down to them in, in a positive way. Um, which I think is is, uh, you you know, kind of a a mind flip in its own. But um, yeah, no, that all that all makes sense. So so one thing I always like to ask our guest is um, one piece of advice for our listeners. And and we've talked about so many different things. I'm trying to figure out what that piece of advice (laughs) would be. Um, But I I guess I am I guess I'll go to probably, you know, a, a common one. And I guess it probably more relates to the coaching and the van life stuff. But when it when it comes to, you know, you lived it yourself, you know, seven or however many years you were thinking about actually, you know, doing it versus now you're doing it and now you're helping other people do it as well. If you only had, you know, five minutes, no, if you only had two minutes, two minutes, there we go. To say, uh, you know, to give them a piece of advice, they really want to do it. They don't know. They don't know where to start. Maybe they're afraid about family. Maybe they're friend afraid about selling stuff, whatever that might be. Like, what do you think is like the strongest thing to help kind of get them over the edge and kind of into that mindset?
0: Um, the biggest thing that really helped me get over my fear other than, you know, wanting to be a person who said who did the things she said she was going to do was. Um, was to take the pressure off myself to think of it as a permanent decision. Um, I had a lot of people ask me, like, what if you move into the van and you hate it? You just get in there and it's like the worst thing ever. And you can't believe you did it and you wasted all this money. And I was like, whatever. Like, I just need to do it. I just need to do it for myself. I just need to give it a shot. And then if I move into the van and I realize immediately that I hate it, I can find myself another apartment. Like it's not impossible. It's not always easy because I'm self-employed and apartments are kind of hard to rent when you're self-employed. But like take the pressure off yourself to think of it as a full- like permanent decision that you can't undo. Um, you got to test it out. You deserve to pursue your interests and your curiosities. I think everyone should cultivate curiosity. And if living in a van or living on the road or you know changing your lifestyle is something that you want to do, let yourself try it. And if it doesn't work, go back to what you were doing before or move on to the next interest that you have. Nothing that you do is permanent, and it's not going to change your life for the rest of your life most of the time. You know don't have kids if you don't want a full life change, but you know, things like that, like moving into a van, not a permanent choice.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Totally, totally makes sense to take take the pressure off yourself in that regard um, and hopefully kind of free up that the freedom <laughs> that you're looking for for in the first place. So that's that's excellent. So to that point, where can people find you online um, to see where you're up to if if they're interested in some coaching, um, if, if and not if when they listen to all 113 episodes of the podcast, <laughs> all that good stuff. Um, where, where can they find you?
0: Uh, good question. I am pretty much just Holly C Priestley everywhere, um, on Instagram, YouTube, my website, hollycpriestley.com. Um, you can just find me by my full name in all the places. And the, the podcast is called deliberate living. Um, so you can find that anywhere you can stream podcasts, Spotify, Apple, whatever. Um, also on YouTube, if you want like a talking head version and, um, you can find it through all of my personal stuff as well. Everything's just under my name.
1: Awesome. Well, definitely um, check, check Holly out, see what she's up to, listen to the podcast. If you're interested in some coaching, it sounds like there's some great insight um, for that as well. So check out the website for more information. But um, I, I appreciate you taking the time to kind of share your story. Um, you know, it's, 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 It's been a good journey, it sounds like. So I'm excited to kind of keep watching it from my end. And I wish you the best of luck.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, Jeremy. This has been a lot of fun. You asked some really good questions.
1: Thanks for listening. And hey, if you've made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion. Until next time.